Okay, so there was a, there were several questions that revolved around parenting. And one question, the first question that was sent over uh, to me was this, how do you raise kids that love Jesus? How do you raise kids that love Jesus? I think one of the, one of the things that, I'm hoping this thing will stay on my ear here. Uh, one of the things that is so important is that we put a desire in their heart for the Lord. Um, and they have to have an appetite for the Lord. And, they, and we, they learn that as we spend time with them and showing them that, gee, that the value of having a walk with God is so more important than anything that we have in this world. And we have to make sure that we're instilling that in our children. Uh, so often, you know, we, we emphasize the wrong things in their life. And so it's always been my passion to make sure that I want to emphasize the right things in my children's life. Because they can't do everything, but I want them to do the important things. And the Bible gives us a guideline on that. So really kind of modeling that, if I'm hearing you right, modeling the Christian life. I think modeling it and letting it not just be something we do on Sunday, but it's something we do every day of the week. So just kind of a, a, a part of almost the culture and the rhythms of our house. Right. Like just how we do things. Yeah, I mean, I remember growing up, the Bible was not definitely not just something we did on Sunday. It was something, and I can even remember this, Dad, um, this you would, we would do a devotion sometimes, uh, regularly throughout the week, where you would, you know, we'd read a passage of scripture together or something like that in the evening or whatever. And I didn't always want to be a part of that devotional time. <laughs> I'd rather play video games. But I, but I remember, like, it was just such a part of our house, and I saw it modeled out, and it made a, a big impact. Yeah. Um, so with that, um, what do you do about kids that don't want to go to church? What would you say if you have, you know, you're trying to do some of these things, you're trying to model, and your kids just don't want to go to church? What would you say to a parent um, that's kind of wrestling with some of these things? Well, um, there's a couple of factors involved in that. I think one thing is people say, do I force my kids? Well, the word force is not, it's, a, it's too strong of a word. Um, but here's my question with that. Do we have our kids go to school or do they get a choice? Exactly. <laughs> do they have a choice of whether to brush their teeth or not? So there's some things I think at times we let our kids have too many choices when it should be just a part of what we do that people understand, that our kids understand that when we go to church, Sunday morning is the time we go to church. And that becomes a part of their life, um, like our church in Southern California, where we are now. Uh, for many of those people, they grew up going to church because they just knew it was a part of it. Did they always want to go to church? Probably not. Um, can I be honest with you? Sometimes pastors don't always want to go to church. <laughs> it's only him, never me. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but... It just becomes a part. It's a discipline in life, just like brushing your teeth, just like going to school, just like going to work. Um, we have to instill in them the value of that. 
as a priority rather than going to the lake on Sunday morning or going to a ball game on Sunday morning, that church becomes a priority. So there's a lot of things I can't do on Sundays, not because I was because I'm a pastor, but because it's a priority. And I've got and I've got, you know, I have to make that choice. I have to make that choice for me and my family as the man who's the leader of the home. Yeah, and it was never growing up. It was never uh, we're going to church because because we're a pastor's family. No, it was never no. ever ever like that. It was always God's the center of our home, so this is what we do. Right. And which is which was so important. And I was talking to um, actually a, a, a mom last night about this very thing as far as kids going to church and these things when maybe they don't want to go to church. And she said something that was so good. It was like she said. You do what's best for your kids, even if they don't understand it in the moment. Right. Like, even if that's what's best for them, like going to school or brushing their teeth or eating vegetables, because that's what's best for them. So, right. that's good. Um, all right. Best piece of marriage advice. Go. I think the number one thing that helps marriages, uh, that, is, that is not so evident in many marriages, is communication. Communication is the key. Um, you know, they say there are three things that marriages always struggle with. And uh, they said number one is sex. Number two is um, communication. And, uh, and when you look at those two things together and then with everything else along the way, if you could communicate well, I think that would be so helpful. In fact, I don't even think you can over-communicate. So like, like, he didn't know this, but we had an appointment every night at 9 o'clock. We would go into the bedroom, shut the door. The kids were in bed so we could talk about our day's activity without them around. Because we wanted to realize that the number one most important thing we could do to, for our children is that we love each other. And we communicated. And I think that's key. So... That's awesome. And you were, you were talking last night about um, part of communication. And one of the things that really strengthened your marriage is this idea of praying together with your spouse. Can you share a little bit with the church what you were just kind of talking to me last night about? Yeah, we have uh, we had a couple that came to us a, a year uh, just a week ago, uh, and they were struggling with just some marital issues. Uh, they're from uh, different backgrounds and so on and so forth. And I heard their story. And it was a he said, she said kind of a situation. And, uh, you know, you hear that he said, she said. But the bottom line was that I asked him, I said, do you pray together? And they said, we used to. I said, no, I didn't ask if you used to. Do you pray together? And they said, well, we sometimes, I said, no, I asked you, do you pray together? And I wasn't trying to be snobby and, and belligerent. I was trying to get them to realize the importance. And so I challenged them. In fact, when I get back, I'm going to be calling them to find out they've been praying together every day. It doesn't have to be an extensive, you know, like one hour on our knees praying. Sometimes it might be on the, well, if you're going to work. My wife worked in Davis when we lived here in Fairfield for 26 years. She worked in Davis every morning. We made a phone call, and I prayed for her along the way. And she prayed. We prayed together. She drove to Davis every day to work at Sutter Davis Hospital. Uh, we, we learned the value of praying together. We still pray together today, right now. And we know that that's the secret of making sure that our marriage is strong. Because if God's done it in our marriage, we're certainly sunk. 
and we know that. Yeah, and like, and you were, and you were telling me yesterday, um, you were saying like you alluded to, it doesn't have to be some like hour long. Like, no. all right, let's all get on our no. knees. Like, it can just no. be thirty seconds before you go to bed. Like, yeah. What's something we can pray about? And let's pray for this person. Five minutes, ten minutes, whatever. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. You know, you know, we get this idea. You gotta, you know, get on your knees and fast and pray and all that. There are times that may be the case, but not always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Last question. How do you stay faithful to Jesus for decades? I, I won't ask you how old you are publicly, but it has been decades that you've been following Jesus. You trusted him as your savior when you were a high, a high school student. High, you were high school or middle school? Middle school. Middle school. You did not come from a Christian home. Your parents didn't take you to None of that. Like a friend invited you to a church service, you trusted Christ to be your savior, the trajectory of your life completely changed at that one moment. And now, years later, you're still faithful to Jesus. How have you stayed faithful all these years? I think the key number one thing for that is the fact that when I opened the Bible and read it, I was hooked. It wasn't just a book. It was God's Word. It changed my life. And when, when, I, when I got a hold of the Bible and started reading it, I couldn't put it down. I, to this day, I read eight chapters this morning. I can't put it down. It's the most amazing event of my day. It's the greatest event of my day. It's just reading the Bible, talking to God, letting God speak to me. And I think that's been the key. Why would I ever want to give that up? That's the greatest thing that I have is my relationship with God. That's more important than anything else. And so often we, we undervalue that relationship with God. And that's why we get, find ourselves being distracted like we talked about this morning. Yeah, keeping the... Uh, we'll, try to, we'll try to help you with that, Mike. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll try to help you with that, Mike, in a few minutes. Um, but just keeping your time in the Word strong, keeping your time in prayer strong, keeping the relationship with God truly as the center point of your life, when there's like a ton of things that can distract us from that. Oh my goodness, where do we even begin? Right. But saying, no, no, like God's Word is going to be central. Um, something that our church knows that we do, which is actually, it's this Thursday, is we're having a, what we call worship and prayer night. And it's for the very thing that you're talking about, to keep our relationship with God strong and our prayer time vibrant. And church, if you guys haven't been to one of our worship and prayer nights, man, come out this coming uh, Thursday night. We're meeting up in the youth room, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to see God together as a church body, and we're going to see God do great things. Like, like we see God do great things in our, in our own personal lives as we seek Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let, let me ask you one other question. I'll get you out of here with this, I promise. How... Obviously, you're a pastor. You were a pastor. But how important was the church in the development of your spiritual life? Well, you weren't always a pastor, right? You were years just going to church before you became pastor. And in the spiritual development of our family, like how important was the church? I didn't prep you for that question either, so I'm sorry. Um, but, but what would you say about that? I think the, the church was such that connection with God's people that it meant everything to me. You know, when you grow up in a home where, you know, they didn't really go to church and, and it wasn't as, it wasn't like my, my parents are great parents and I love them, but it's just that, that was a missing element that we had in our home. And when I went to church, that was my connection with, with what, you know, what I was living out. I needed someone to share my Christian life with. 
And I shared it with, with my church family and my youth pastor and those men who, who influenced my life. I think the reason why I'm here today is because of those men years ago, besides the call of God, which is number one. But how did I hear the call of God? Because these men showed me and pointed me in that direction. And I think it's also true with many churches. Um, people don't realize the value of churches in America. I mean, I know they like to shut our churches down, but we're not going to let it happen. And, uh, you know, and, and because of that, we, we want to be that connected to something that's bigger and greater than we are. And certainly that's the church.